0: Forgotten Flicks, Remembers The Eliminators, 1986. Look Fontana, if we don't stick together, none of us will get out of here. We need your experience.
1: Then level with me. There's no treasure. This is all some kind of weird ass science fiction thing, right?
2: Right. Pull up a log, Harry. It's a long story.
0: Hello and welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I am your oh-so-humble, or not-so-humble host, Joel. And I am joined by a man who really needs no introduction other than to say he occasionally goes by the code name Blue Peter. I am joined by the one and only Peter Nielsen, folks. Hello, Peter. How are you?
1: Hi, Joel. I'm fine. Not
0: blue. Not, not today. I guess it is good. Nope. It's springtime, so...
1: Oh uh, Yeah, spring-ish.
0: spring ish springtime for Hitler and all that well, good movie. Yeah, <laughs> So not that we go down rabbit trails right at the beginning. So no, no, never on task on task. So those of you that have listened to the first few episodes of the rebooted Forgotten Flicks may have noticed that that is trying dabbling with different formats. Well, after the last episode and I haven't even done the intro for that as of yet as I'm recording this one now. I imagine I went on some sort of extended explanation slash rant slash crying fit about how long it took to put together and how I had to leave a bunch of really great crap out of it. That being said, I would actually like to get back into the place where I'm releasing an episode at least once a week. So, I'm going to try and dip the toes back in the water with doing it the old school way. Doing it the way the old J-Meister and I used to do it, right? So, that is what you're hearing now. There's no... Recorded intro after the fact for this bad boy. We're just going to go right into it. So we are going to be talking about 1986's. Because, you know, the year owns the movie. The Eliminators from the one and only Charlie Band. Pre-Full Moon, I might add. Yep. Empire Empire. International Days, right? Yep. So, Peter, to really put you on the spot. And if you have nothing for me on this, I have MDBA queued up. And I've actually contemplated... Having like a little musical intro and and doing that little obnoxious well I don't think he's obnoxious I think he's wonderful but my Shakespeare professor that I had that talked like the the play that guy I wanted him to introduce the Imdb synopsis readings because I don't know if you've ever tried to read a review or not a review a um, synopsis off of Imdb but they are phenomenal oftentimes they are there
1: that's putting it mildly.
0: They are amazing, but Actually, just in case, would you do you have like a brief overview of this movie for anyone that has not seen the Olympics? I think
1: probably a lot of people haven't seen this.
0: Probably true. Probably true.
1: Which is sad. Yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, let's see. John is a, a pilot who, had, uh, well, he he crashes his plane and is rescued. Uh, and I say rescued, my.
0: Very, so, very, it's really deba- very, Really, really debatable
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by Oh, crap, what's his name? Reeves, uh, Reeves and yeah, Reeves, yeah, Reeves and his and his uh, and his T- other. T- T- pri- his, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. His, his, his Dr. Takata. Yeah. And they turn him into a well, cyborg of sorts, mm-hmm. a, a cybernetic organism. Huh? Huh? Yes. The mandro, the mandroid. Who's Which I think people? is a
0: great name.
1: Mandroid. Yeah, I know.
0: They should have just called this Mandroid.
1: Mandroid the movie. Think about it. No, but it, yeah, but it's well, it is about him actually, so it Mm -hmm. could work. Eliminators is kind of a
0: weird name. Yeah, it's 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 very yeah because when I think, I think there may have been going on a Terminator vibe. Yeah, probably. But but yeah. yeah. But But in a but in a nutshell. He he gets turned into a cyborg and then has to go against a vendetta against his maker, pretty much a kind of a Frankenstein, Frankenstein yeah, monster.
1: They, they, he wants to dismantle him and uh, he escapes uh, by by help of uh, Doctor Tanaka. And uh, well, and he, well, Doctor Tanaka dies pretty quick, so there's no spoiler. He dies at the start <laughs> of the movie. So if you don't make it that uh, <laughs> that far into the movie, oh wow.
0: Well, and you could also tell it's been a while since oh, I've done the show this way because I completely forgot to tell everyone at the outset. Oh, the, assumption, yeah. the assumption is that you have seen this movie. So the yeah. spoilers ahoy. I, I am going to re-implement. In fact, a very well in post may have added in our <laughs> spoiler alert guy. So just so you're yeah, aware but
1: this happens this, this happens and,
0: and oh yeah you know, it's very quick it's very I mean, it's,
1: yeah yes sorry
0: but oh, uh, was it yeah yeah not that not that he, we're being racist or anything no <laughs> not at all we just can't speak the language is that our reasoning is that, that, is, yeah. is that, is that the story and you're sticking to it
1: uh yeah okay okay no, I thought it was Tanaka, but it was Takara.
0: What is Tanaka? Techn- what is Tanaka from?
1: I don't know. I, it's, it popped into my head. I, don't, I have no idea. Tanaka, i uh, probably heard it before.
0: Yeah, I just—it sounds familiar Another to me movie. from a movie, though, like yeah. a character in a movie, Mister Tanaka. Damn it, that's gonna drive me
1: crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, don't mention it again because it'll
0: mess you because up.
1: Because I don't have I don't have M-Dubab, so oh, okay. it's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, what happened? Where were we? Yeah, uh, Doctor Takada is killed, and he and uh, the mandroid flees and joins up with uh, another scientist. And uh, well, he 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 basically wants to kill his, uh, his his creator. That's about what the movie's about.
0: Pretty much in a nutshell. Yep,
1: yep. Abbott Abbott Reeves, evil scientist. That's the one he wants to he wants to get rid of.
0: Yeah, and and. Ultimately, one of the things I, I noticed straight up with this movie right off the bat that I liked, but then in hindsight, they, after re, after watching it from beginning to end, they never explained was you get the impression that he was tortured or had some injustice done to him because at one point, Mr. Uh, Takata says to him, says to Reeves when Reeves suggests that they dismantle the mandroid to show some compassion And Mm -hmm. Reeves tells him what compassion was shown to me, and I like that idea that that sort of um, the villain who went through some horror was treated cruelly, and that helped create him into the monster he is today.
1: Yeah, because it's 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 not really explained at the start why, uh, while the mandroid goes after him, real why why he absolutely must go back. It's never really that it's it's not outspoken but hey man you're turned into a an mandroid with basically only your head left so yeah. i guess he has a hand left
0: and his torso you did see his like you saw when he had his chest oh, yeah, yeah, plate of off you could tell he had like yeah. a torso I mean, It's basically ro- yeah. they robocop him pre-robocop yep so yeah and and actually the the first person the villain that popped to mind was like magneto from x-men because I haven't read, I, I'm not a huge X-Men comic fan, but I remember in the movie, right? And I and I knew it was in the comics as well, that there was a connection to him and the Holocaust. And so that idea that, and I'm right on this, right? Are you enough of a comic book fan to school me in this if I'm completely wrong? Well.
1: Daryl's gonna come down on us. I probably. It's uh, like, uh, uh,
0: like that's not even a character in the X Men, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I know it is. No, but but I, in the movie, it was Olga oh, was it? In, oh man, I, I
0: used to read X Men. Yeah, but, it's uh, but he, the one Ian McKellen it, played in the movie. It was Magneto, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, sure. And he in the beginning, yeah. remember the very beginning? He seemed as a boy, and he's in this concentration camp or whatever. Um, pretty sure it was in the first movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it like was. I'm not Wonder. sure it was in the comics. I, I can't remember if if Magneto was in the, uh, and Daryl help us.
0: Darryl. Yes, yes Darryl. someone out there, Daryl, yeah. <laughs> anybody, please. But yeah,
1: but I'm, in the movie, in the movie, it was uh, he was in the Holocaust. Yes, so, but yeah. see, but you, that, Luke, I like I, that. it
0: humanizes him as a villain, and in a in a strange way, gives him a rationale, not even a strange way, in a reasonable way, actually a rationale for why he acts the way he does. And yeah, I, I felt like with this movie, in a sense, they were trying to set that up. The only problem was you never found out what happened to him.
1: No, no, but something has, because you can see the scars in his face. Yeah, he's horribly scarred.
0: And she, and and we'll get into uh, Tasha Yar, I'm sorry, I mean, Denise Crosby soon. But I believe she makes a comment, is it her or somebody else makes a comment in relation to his being, requiring some sort of, I don't remember what it was that he has to take, but he has to take something.
1: No, it was, it was the Mandroid, I think you, because she says, uh. Uh, uh, the, that Abbott Reeves is dead. And the Mandruid says, No, he's not. He's uh, alive. He, he's right. using some sort That's of right. something. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep, you're absolutely correct. And now getting into that. So after the Mandroid escapes, courtesy of Mr. Takata yep. and, and sacrificing his own life, and I, I was taking notes as, as I was watching, and I looked down at the moment and I've seen this movie before, and I actually want to get into that briefly, too, about when you first saw it and everything, but Mm-mm. but right now, since we're in the nuts and bolts, I looked down, I looked up, Takata had been shot, and I had seen that the Mandroid was laser-blasting everybody. I'm assuming Takata was shot by the guys on the other end of the hallway, and not accidentally friendly fire hit by the Mandroid, was he?
1: No, nah, no, no, I think it was by uh, the, the the other guards. Okay, because I don't I know if I wanted. just
0: missed the, I missed the insert shot where you saw the bad guy's gun go off and Takada.
1: No, uh, you hear uh, Abbott Reeves uh, telling the android to kill Takada. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, uh, he he uh, he starts shooting the the guards instead, and I think uh, I think the guards sh- uh, shoots Takada.
0: Okay, and that makes that's, sense.
1: That's what I read into. Read into it. I,
0: I I I believe you are absolutely correct on that. I just one of those where you look down, you look up, and you're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> did he did the yeah, bandroid yeah.
1: shoot him? Did he actually kill
0: him? What, yeah. the? Oops, friendly fire. Yeah. <laughs> so I did find it interesting, too, that re- evil scientist and creator Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein of the piece, Reeves, never mm-hmm. addresses the mandroid directly, only refers, almost doesn't acknowledge him being in the room when he's talking to Takata yeah. unt- until he tells the mandroid to kill. Then yep. he addresses him directly.
1: Yeah, before it was always take the android right down to yep. mm-hmm. to dismantle him and, and, yep. and bring bring the memory bring his memory to me. But uh, even though he's in the same room, mm-hmm. so he he refers to it as a thing more or less.
0: Yes, exactly. And so I really I liked those elements that that they inserted those early on. What I love about full moon movies and. It goes to that conversation Jason and I used to have all the time about, you know, cheesy movies and and he obviously he was a huge fan of the sci-fi movies and I've I've a, a mild mea culpa. I have <laughs> I have softened my stance. I do find them enjoyable. They are harmless, you know, junk food fun and they're enjoyable, but I still do hold true to I prefer a cheese ball movie that was intended to. To be a good movie. Yeah. And the heart is in the right place, a la Miami yep. Connection, but it just didn't turn out for whatever re- any variety of reasons. It may not have worked exactly the way, and usually it's a budgetary thing. And yeah. versus a movie where there's almost this cynical element of, well, we're we, tongue in cheek, we're fully aware of what we're creating here, and we're making it bad on purpose. You know, Ed Wood didn't make his movies bad, quote unquote, bad on purpose.
1: No, I mean, the old uh, Empire Productions, Empire uh, International Full mm-hmm. Moon Pictures by Charles Penn, none of them are like that. They, Sure, they realize they don't have a lot of money, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they're not made bad on purpose.
0: No, exactly.
1: I mean, uh, you've done, uh, well, you can't call Zone Troopers a good movie. Uh, obviously, but that was produced by uh, Charles Bandon, and it, it, it's it got the heart in the right place.
0: And uh, we did Trancers? Yep. I too. love Trancers. I freaking yep. love Trancers. And uh, I know... Well, I, you,
1: you, listen, you love Tourist Trap, don't you? Which one? Tourist Trap.
0: I'm about to admit something that I'm so unbelievably ashamed by, ashamed by Peter. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm so profoundly... <sighs> I've never seen Tourist Trap.
1: Oh, well, I'm going to admit something, too. I've never seen all of it.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, I don't feel so bad. Well, here's the reason why I feel ashamed about that. Number one, I read Stephen King's Danse Macabre or Macabre, and he talks about tourist trap. That was the first time I think I was ever introduced to the title of the movie. Then I read like a Fangoria retrospective on it back in the 90s or something. And it was one of those movies that I always we'd see the trailer for, or it would be mentioned in some documentary about horror movie. It was always there. Right. I knew Chuck yeah. Connors was in it. I knew the basic ID. I, I knew all this stuff about it. And I've always, and I've every, there was several years where I wanted to include it on the spooky flicks fest agenda. So mm. I kept holding off. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hold off. And it's, and it just kind of kept, I'm like, why the hell haven't I seen this movie yet? Yeah. yeah but yeah. Well,
1: different reasons. You want to save it for a Spooky Flicks. Well, it's going to be
0: this year that come hell or high of water because I need to cover that damn thing. Uh, but yes, I, that's one of my, my 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 deeper shames as a, as a horror movie fan damn. that I've never seen tourist trap. No shame, sir. Okay.
1: No, but what I was uh, aiming at is it's uh, prior to the movie, I was looking up Charles Band, what he's directed and produced. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good shit in here.
0: Oh, yeah. Great stuff. I mean, man.
1: It's, it's, it's well, okay. Good in in uh, parentheses,
0: I but you know, so. I, but I I mean, but, but let me just say this, okay? <clears throat> do you do you say have to say good in parentheses for <clears throat> Roger Corman
1: stuff? No, but I, no, but I think uh, the people in general. I mean, oh no, you okay, and, me, and that's the key. And yeah. I
0: think that's key yeah. is that if you're talking about a quote unquote general mainstream audience, yes, they're going to yeah. knock a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It's, but for true fans of sci-fi, B horror type stuff,
1: I love this shit. I, I um, just listened to some of these. There's tourist trap. ghoulies, I love ghoulies. Zone Troopers, I mentioned before. Yep. There's this. Troll. Yeah. I mean, come on.
0: Diverse Troll is fantastic.
1: Yeah. I'll be not going to mention Troll, too. Uh, arena. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, with the, the Intergalactic
0: Yeah, Which I believe, but, uh, thanks to you, the reason why I had Eliminators to watch, although I do believe it was on YouTube, but the quality was horrible. Yeah. Uh, you, I think that disc that you uh, provided me with also had oh, Arena okay. on it. Yep.
1: Yeah, we might be doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, i don't uh, Well, that sounded. Oh, never mind. Teachers all, uh, my friend.
0: I do not judge. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, crash and burn. I did crash and burn uh, a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. That's uh It's the. Well, it's not really a sequel to Robot Jocks, but well, kind of.
0: Yeah, it has a vibe, it Has a similar lot of similarities. Yeah.
1: yeah. Doll Man. Yep. Good old Tim Thomerson. Subspecies, the the all of them. Well, mm-hmm. not all of the movies, but the two or three first one, but mm-hmm. at least the first one. Mm-hmm. Cellar dweller, puppet master,
0: mm-hmm. and and, and master so, cellar support. dweller. If I'm not mistaken, was uh, John. Well, I know ghoulies was for sure, but uh, John Carl Beekler and Troll. John, because John Carl, Carl Beekler did the effects for this. And for those that don't know, John Carl Beekler is a. I think I, he's one of the more underrated practical effects guys from way back in the day. You know, did. I think he said, "Ghoulies, Troll, yeah. Cellar Dweller." Uh, he did this one. I believe he had. I think he had some stuff in Trancers. He did uh, Halloween Four. He directed Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, which has the infamous sleeping bag kill that I think is like er- almost everybody's favorite from the whole series. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's. I think uh, Garbage Pail Kids, the movie, which let's just be frank, other than the phenomenal score and musical numbers, the the. <laughs> The characters themselves are the best part of that movie. Yeah. So I've always liked, I've always liked, I like his style. There's something about it.
1: Yeah, but a lot of these movies, uh, you, they kind of have to use their, not like today, we can just CGI it. Mm-hmm. You don't, you didn't, you don't, didn't have that tool back then. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's some CGI stuff in and, and Eliminators too, but it, it's the primitive mm-hmm. uh, uh, variant of it. But the practical effects, so, for the most part, actually holds up pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you consider the the money they had to to play with, so to speak. So, I, yeah, there's a to harken back to what we started with with this old rabbit trail.
0: Now, but we have that,
1: at least stayed somewhat
0: on horror. topic and in the and in the no pun yeah. intended arena of of this movie. Oh. So-
1: no, but I mean, it's it, it's the heart of it. It's mm-hmm. not bad on purpose. It it just turns out maybe not that good. But the heart's there.
0: Yeah, and I think the question becomes, again, obviously, you know, words like bad and good and all these kinds yeah. of things are totally subjective, totally. right? Yeah. So it's I, right, I think the like, first is I remember I didn't like zone troopers. And I think my reasoning at the time, it's been obviously quite a while, but I remember <laughs> at the time is I thought it was boring. I think that it did not have, and I think that to me is the cardinal sin. <laughs> if, if I feel yeah. bored, and I will say this, I'm just gonna let's let the 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 cat out of the bag relatively early on on my end for elimin- the eliminators. I was not bored. Nope. I was not bored there, at all. No way. Yeah. Nope. I mean, let me just Meaning. say, let me just say this: this movie has you. Not only do you have the evil scientist with the cyborg mandroid, who also has a mobile unit. Which is very convenient uh-huh. on the weekends if you get my drift. and yeah. it, it, it has redneck henchmen in Mexico. I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> it it yeah. ha- it has it has the beautiful, brilliant scientist that has to come in to prove women can do it too, which is awesome. And you have the river rat guy who do you know the trivia about that character? what which? The character of Harry Fontana, the the sort Uh-oh. of ne'er do well anti-hero of the piece, played by Andrew Prime. Do, do you know who originally was supposed to play?
1: Uh yeah, Tim Thomerson, right?
0: I know. Which, the whole time I'm watching this, once you had that knowledge, I'm like thinking, yeah, I wonder. I could totally see why yeah. they originally wanted Tim Thomerson because, and, and Andrew <laughs> Pine has a there's a similar gruff quality to both of them, yeah. uh, yep. And so I, I love that. And then as it escalates, you end up with literally bands of a a tribe of neanderthals fighting them you have a kung fu master who can dive through fan blades that are going at full speed by apparently slowing down time and space you i I mean the list goes on and on and on this is like the ultimate hybrid i mean the piece i played there at the beginning where he makes a comment about it being sci-fi fontana does and and one of the other great lines i'll make sure i got this one queued up here it's let's see here i've lost my boat we're stuck out here in the middle of nowhere. What is this anyway? Some kind of goddamn comic book? Exactly. And I think that's yep. what it was meant I was to be. Just gonna, yeah. I
1: was just going to say it is that it's a, it's a goddamn comic book. Yeah. A great one.
0: Yeah. It is. And it's 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 entertaining. Now, that being said, <laughs> mm. I acknowledge my own heavy dosage of C&D for this movie. <laughs> Because the cinematic nostalgia order for this particular movie is very, very high. And 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 the reason is is pretty simple. And I have to just begin this point by saying fan of the show, or should no, sorry, friend of the show, the friend of the <laughs> show, Doug McCoy, does his McCoy cast. He has one called Crazy Creepy Cool Movies, where he talks about movies that he grew up with as a kid. Yeah. This to me is one of my quote-unquote crazy, creepy, cool movies. This is the movie I can still remember. Like, there's certain ones I just had this imprinted on my brain where I remember going into, there was this video store that was within walking distance of my dad's house after my parents got divorced. This is the mid-80s. It was called Armchair Theater. And I don't, I, I assume it was a chain but looking back, I've like tried to look do some research, and I've not found anything that indicates it was if it was a chain, it wasn't much of what I think it was mostly mom and pop, and, oh, okay. and and so I remember we'd go there, and I that's where I remember seeing the cover of Ghoulies for the first time. That's where I saw the box for Evil Dead Two for the first time. And I remember turning Evil Dead Two over and seeing that image of Ash with his amputated hand strangling him. And just being like mm-hmm. horrified. I'm like 11, 10, 11 years old. And just like, I thought I was seeing like horror porn. Like, I didn't know what I was seeing. It was like the, it just freaked me out so bad. I, <laughs> so I avoided that movie. And then a few within a few years, it would become my favorite movie pretty much ever at that time. So, yeah. but it just, it's funny how that imprints in your head. Well, Eliminators is one of those. And I don't know if it's the poster or if it oh, was the, was
1: that? The poster, the poster is. It is is awesome beyond it is beyond awesomeness. You had that poster, didn't you?
0: No, I and I want to get it. That's what it's on my shortlist. No, I do not. I want that Uh, poster. And I've got me too. And I I have I managed to get always like a reprint, but it's a full size reprint of no retreat, no surrender, which is great cheesy awesome and mm-hmm. the stepfather which is the it's a really awesome poster for the stepfather because the video box of the stepfather was always so generic but yeah. the the poster that i got for the stepfather was the one where it's him looking into the mirror and it's all it's it's fogged up and, and it's written on it right yeah and he's written who am i here and in the mirror yeah. is the one the jerry blake that he becomes but from behind you can see he still has the longer hair and the beard Oh, it's brilliant. Oh. No, I know. That, I love that <laughs> movie so much. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, I love those posters because they're they're such they're such artistry, right?
1: Yeah. And, movie posters and 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 I can VHS covers before was uh it was it was more of an art form.
0: Yeah, it really was and I think yeah. and it was and I, and I'm a proponent of Photoshop. I love me some Photoshop, but <laughs> Yeah, I did, it, it's look not at, the same. Look at the poster for,
1: no, look at the poster for Eliminators.
0: That was hand I mean, drawn. that was drawn painted. There's something about the aesthetic It's that aesthetic that I'm really drawn to no pun intended and <laughs> I, I, I I I know that the video box for limiters is the same as the poster and it's that image of the man droid in his mobile unit busting through the center and all the heroes creating almost that V they're Ving out you know from away from him there's every it's just that almost that Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark it's just it's all everything going on at, at once, kind of, it's, yeah. I love it, and it's I don't brilliant.
1: Re- just just use the word brilliant. Yeah, because it's it is. brilliant,
0: and yep. I don't remember if it was one of the bigger clamshell, big plastic boxes. Mm. You know, you know, like, was it was it Wizard, and there was a couple other ones that always had the big, the big plastic box. Usually they were horror films. Yeah, but, but I think I want to say Eliminators may have had one like that. I'm not 100 percent sure. It may not have. But this I don't is remember. yeah. This is it, totally the memory. Like I, I just I don't know if yeah. I remember being an armchair theater. I don't know if I'm seeing the poster. I don't know if I'm seeing the video box. But I just remember it speaking to me. And now, full <laughs> yeah. disclosure, I was ten. <laughs> so take that <laughs> oh for what it's worth. Yeah. Okay. I was. What was this Forty-two. Was <laughs> basically.
1: Yes. At eighty-six, I was. I was Eighteen, I think. Okay, okay.
0: So you had a few years on me, but you're you're yeah. and an eighteen year old male basically has the maturity of a ten year old. So at least I know I did when I was eighteen. Maybe I'm just speaking for yeah. myself. <laughs> no, no, I still kind of. You're you're
1: basically right. Yeah. So so uh, which uh, and uh, being eighteen, we get Tasha Yar side boob in this. So I mean,
0: I'd actually say it's a, I'm always blown away by the fact that PG then is what PG thirteen mm. is now because I think if yeah. you had had that in a movie now, you'd have got a PG thirteen. Yep. You get the full on white tank top. And of course, conveniently, she has to go into the water in said white tank top. <laughs> yeah. And then she has to change. Yeah. And you, like you said, you but get the side boot. Change, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and the, the, the funny part is, she changes her, her, her tank top, right? Yeah. Uh, this is going to sound so bad. Wouldn't her, her pants be soaked
0: too? Good point. <laughs> Good point. No, it's a very valid point. <laughs>
2: Dave and welcome back to the quest For those of you just joining us. This is my attempt to go through all the movies that are on Roger Ebert's uh, at RogerEbert.com, his list of great movies. Um, so anyways, as we know, I like to try and link these to movies that she, Joel is speaking with uh, with his guest. And uh, you know, all right, the Eliminators. A movie where there's a character named Mandroid. Do you really think I can make a connection? All right, so I've got a very tenuous con- connection, and actually, there is a, a movie on the list that a character that a uh, an actor, um, the actor, his name is Roy Doutris, um is uh, he was actually in Amadeus, uh, and played. Uh, uh, Mozart's father in the movie, which was a very key uh, character actually in the movie, um, but uh, alas, I had already seen Amadeus, and uh, you know by the way that's that's this is one of the cool things about going through lists because years ago I decided I was going to go start going through the Ebert list, and I saw Amadeus on the list. Amadeus was a movie that
1: you know I was like
2: eleven, twelve years old when it came out. You know, I cared about Indiana Jones and the and the Temple of Doom that year. I thought Amadeus would be the most boring movie ever. It was amazing. It was amazing. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Amadeus because I already saw that. So for this, you know, what screams the Eliminators? And all right, I never saw. I've never seen the Eliminators. I've actually never even heard of the Eliminators. This is truly a forgotten flick to me. Or I mean, a forgotten flick. It's I never heard of flick. Uh, which I guess is a whole other category. So what screams a movie? Again, if you've got something called a mandroid in it, what screams that more than Ingmar Bergman? Silence. Silence. I know, I know. Silence from you, silence from me. Anyways, here we go. I watched uh, the 1955 Smiles of a Summer Night, which, all right. You've probably heard of some Bergman films. Some of you have seen probably seen some Bergman films, some of you haven't. Here's what you need to know about this one. This was one of the earlier Bergman films. And frankly, here's what you gotta know. If you've never seen a Bergman film, this is not this is gonna be one of those times where I'm gonna tell you, don't watch this one first. You know, I know, I know I'm trying to tell you the reason why I'm doing this is to say tell you guys why this is an important movie, why you should watch this. I think this is movie is really If you're a completist. And here's the reason why. It's a comedy. Again, silence. 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 Because let's face it. You don't think Ingmar Bergman and you think comedy. You think heavy-handed philosophical discussions. Woe is me. Religious angst and guilt and... uh, And Sweden. So bottom line is this. I fell in love with Bergman films. I, I am. I'm a, I'm a. I do love Bergman films, and the reason why I've always liked Bergman films is because they really do tap into just the deepest aspects of morality and philosophy that I was surprised that movies actually could do something like that uh, when I first saw those you know I, I always thought that that was something more along the lines of what you would you'd have to read novels about you know read fiction about but as far as of summer night I'm not even really going to spend too much time talking about this because you know a couple of things about this it was it was an interesting thing to me thinking about here was a movie it was, it was a roman- it was a comedy it's, it fe- it feels much more like shakespearean comedy so a lot of um intermingling of couples and then at the end at the end of the movie i think there's three different couples actually there's four different couples that end up together and it's the different ways that you know you have different people scheming to get uh each other together i'm talking a little high level because it's just not it's not what i want you to watch if you want to watch bergman go watch i want you to first go watch Cries and Whispers, or go watch Persona, which, you know, since we're talking about movies from the 80s, if you've ever seen a Calvin Klein obsession ad, go watch Persona, and you'll know where that came from. Or watch, you know, there's, there's a bunch of movies from the 60s, Through a Glass Darkly, or uh, The Silence. He had three movies in a row that were called The uh, The God is Dead, or oh, The God is Dead, or God is Silent. Uh, either way, it sounds like uplifting stuff, right? So, anyways, that's the stuff that's really, truly Bergman. And, and, and here's the deal: he's he is a key. If you're if you're a movie fan, you gotta watch some because he really is one of the, you know, one of the key directors. He's, he has a style all of his own, and you gotta watch it. But here's something I was thinking about as I was watching this movie. I was thinking about something a little more ph- philosophical. What do you do when you watch a movie, you know, that is not what you expect it to be? from, a, uh, from a, a, a particular artist or just anything from an artist. Think about like when you hear a, a, a new album by a band that you love. You know, you, you listen to, you know, well, think about U2. Yeah, U2 is an example for me. Like think about early U2 stuff. It's like you everything's the same. Everything's it's kind of building through boy and war. And God, I'm playing on I there's like Unforgettable Fire instead of Joshua Tree. And then, you know, then you get something like, uh Octavian Baby is completely left field. And some people are gonna love it and some people are gonna hate it. But what do you what do you do, you know, when somebody switches up gears? Now, granted, U2 was still rock, so it's just kind of mixing up things. But what about someone like, like Stephen King, writing horror movies, horror movies, horror movies, horror movies, and then he writes something think about when he wrote the short story The Body, you know, which was Stand By Me, you know, ended up being Stand By Me, or Shawshank Redemption, where there's no real kind of uh, supernatural aspects to these movies which you expect from him. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Personally, Stand By Me and Shawshank are probably the two my two favorite movies that are based upon his, uh, his, his books. But anyways, I digress a little bit. Just some stuff that I've been thinking about. So here's the thing, guys. I think that uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but skip this movie. Smiles of a Summer Night is a movie you should watch when you're getting towards the end of watching uh, Bergman. Hey, contact me if you want to know if you really want to know what Bergman films and watch. Or just watch anything from probably um, I would say kind of the mid '60s up until the mid '70s. Watch any of those movies and Fanny and Alexander. And there's a lot of different periods to his his work, which are are really um, some of the more fantastical, kind of supernatural or philosophical side of things. And then he's, later on, he he becomes much more autobiographical and they're much more realistic. Anyways, I know I promised you guys that I would let you guys play along here. Didn't know what Joel was going to do for the Eliminators, so uh, I just had to wing it. But the next time, next time they're going to discuss Tough Turf. And I'm going to watch a Charlie Chaplin movie. i watched watch The Great Dictator. So if you want... First off, try and figure out where the, what the connection is. Second off, watch that. A few weeks we'll talk about that movie and we'll discuss why it's a great movie. Anyways, until then, I still have no catchphrase. I still need your help. So, I'm telling you. If you send an email, to forgotten flicks, or comment at the bottom of this, I will use your catchphrase next time. Or the time after. Or the time after. I need something. Somebody freaking give me a line here. This is killing me. I can't write this stuff for myself. You see me rambling here? For the love of God, somebody help me. Until next time, it's Dave. Talk to you soon.
0: So for me, this movie has that nostalgic bent. I remember renting it and it's funny. I don't really remember. Oh, there's some movies I can remember sitting and watching them for the first time. This is not one of those. Like I remember everything leading up to that. But for some reason, I don't remember the the watching of it. Okay. And I know it's very weird, but I remember a few years ago, I think it may have been either Right when I was getting ready to start forgotten flicks or maybe right afterwards, it was somewhere in there. And this was one of the ones on my short list that I wanted to cover because I remembered it very high level. Like I remember the title. I remembered the poster. Yeah. I knew the man. Talked about it. Yeah. And, and exactly. And I remember that I found it on YouTube. And this would have yep. been 2010 ish, some point. And so YouTube had been around for a few years at that point, but it wasn't I there wasn't, I think, is quite as much selection <laughs> as you have now. No, no, no. And it was in nine parts. And I hadn't seen it <laughs> since I was a kid. And I wanted to watch it so bad I actually used KeepVid or one of those other services where you can download YouTube videos. And I I actually got all nine parts downloaded. Wow. So that I could rewatch it. And it was funny, I didn't remember almost anything about it. Like, I, I, mean, Andy, I mean, I remember the mandroid. That was like the thing I remembered. But I didn't remember that Denise Crosby, which, again, want to touch base on her, but that she was in it. I didn't remember. But then as I would see things, I'm like, oh, yeah, vaguely, you know, remember yeah, that. So it's yeah. one of those movies. I realize, again, somebody who's not a fan of the Charles Band brand isn't a fan of B sci-fi type of flicks, action flicks. Somebody that's looking for. A really strong semblance of uh, logic and <laughs> plot cohesion might have issues with this movie. I get that.
1: Yeah, but you kind of have to put that aside with a movie like this. You, you see the poster and you see what it's all—a a, mandroid blasting, uh, blasting everybody uh, as he's as he's rolling along on his mini tank. I mean that that image is it, it is it is so effing awesome oh it's great that that, that you just and, and and there's a ninja and there's neanderthals and you, you forget about plot uh, story and it, just enjoy what you're seeing on the uh, on the screen
0: if you go into it the same way you would go into eating say cotton candy you don't expect yeah. to get full from cotton candy. You don't expect to get nourishment from cotton candy. You expect nope. to have this sweet thing that you realize probably is going to make your insulin skyrocket. And you kind of yeah, don't but, care. You're still going to enjoy it. Yeah. And
1: you will. Because this this movie is it is really, really enjoyable. And I haven't seen it for a, a long time. Because, I, I well, we rented it at uh, one of the local stores here. And i i don't I don't think I bought it on VHS so I never had it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I've been looking for it for a long, long, long time <laughs> and uh, the only place you can get it was uh well either over super overpriced VHS copies on Amazon or stuff like that, or youtube mm-hmm. and then finally, uh, last year. It was for re- shout factory it released it on the that four disc four movie uh, uh sci-fi marathon uh, I, I, was, I was blown away i thought holy crap and, and arena was on it too uh, i've been looking for that one too so I mean, it was a win win and what the hell else was on it
0: oh um, it's, i don't have it in front of me otherwise i tell you there there's two other movies i know that i have
1: it's america 3000 okay i knew
0: there was one that had 3000 in it and then yeah. time there's something the time
1: guardian i've time never guardian. seen that one
0: yeah, yeah i've never seen but, it uh, either.
1: But America 3000, I've seen that a long time ago. So the only ones that I was a,
0: familiar with were uh, Eliminators and Arena.
1: That time Guardian was the only one I didn't recognize, but yeah. I, I have it here in front of me, called oh, the glorious box.
0: Yes, yes. So, you know, I, so, and, yeah. and, it, and it's fantastic. I also think that we would, in fact, be remiss. This is an old episode of Forgotten Flix. Here. This is old school here. using remiss and everything. <laughs> yep. uh, and by the way, I think this is going to be what it is. Is the movie C&D or CCC Cinematic Cotton Candy? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Is it C and D or CCC? <laughs> uh,
1: I thought, I'll, I'll go with the last one. Yeah, me actually. too. Me
0: too. Me too. Yeah. So it is fun. It's fun. It's a, a fun, fun. That's exactly fun. the whole time I'm watching this movie. I just have this goofy grin on my face. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't get this. You know what this movie was for me? Rad. Same thing happened with Rad. I like. Okay, look, I acknowledge what. Yes, I get it. I don't care. It's fun. Nope.
1: Yeah, it's, there's so much uh, like the rednecks in Mexico and 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 uh, the Neanderthals just popping up. Uh, and, and, and there's a lot of stuff uh, Oh, we we haven't even touched on uh, Bayou Betty yet.
0: Oh, we the, we, the, the, we, oh, we we oh, we we would definitely touch on Bayou Betty. I did want to I did want to <laughs> say something. Peter Schrum, the actor who is sort of the head henchman, the big guy. Yeah. I uh, recognized Ray. him. The yeah, array. Yeah. I yeah. did you recognize him? Yeah. Yeah, he I was. I, and I'm cheating to say he was in. Uh, t- I looked up, looked him up on IMDb. He was in Trancers. Yeah. I don't remember. I think he was one of the. Was he the guy that? Guy, he was in when back in the A when um, Jack Death goes back to '85 or whenever it was. He's, he's Santa Claus. That's what he was. Okay, I remember he was in, in yeah. one of those scenes. <laughs> he, yeah. he, he's done some other trust-based stuff, but I could. I'm like, look, I'm going. There's something very key. I remember this guy from, and I couldn't place it. And then I just when I looked him up on IMDb, he was in Terminator Two. I think he was one of the bikers.
1: Holy shit, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, I don't have him to buy here, but yeah, he has that look.
0: So I digress. Sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, so Peter Schramm, <laughs> uh, uh, rest his soul, is, is no longer with us. But I do want to, before, before we get into Bayou Betty, <clears throat> well, which sounded really inappropriate, I, I want to talk about Denise Crosby briefly. Because okay. I like Denise Crosby. Yeah, me too. And I, I love. She's in one of my favorite horror flicks of all time, Pet Cemetery. Yep. She's in my favorite version of Star Trek for at least the first season.
1: <laughs> and uh, I think she was in. I think she was in part of the second season too. Before before that, uh, oil. She, slip yeah, I was gonna say, didn't she like you?
0: And I and I don't. I haven't watched Next Generation. I think since it came out, I, I remember <laughs> I watched okay. the originals in syndication with my parents because my they loved them and. Then And I liked them, but Next Generation came out when I was, you know, a kid, and it was like that sweet spot of being like 11, 12 years old, and we watched it as a family, and I really loved that show, but I haven't, at least the first couple seasons of that show, I've not watched in 20, however many years, it's been almost, well, probably 30 years now, right, 87, and then when the show started, so almost 30 years. Good lord. Good lord, that's insane. I have (laughs) all of them on my shelf. Wow, look at you, representing. So I do remember uh, she was eaten by some kind of oil slick.
1: Along with the original series and Voyager, nice and
0: Enterprise. I never, I never watched. I, yeah, indeed, I, I I've okay. seen. I think pretty much all the films. I think the only movies I didn't see were. I didn't see Nemesis. Mm. I think it's the only one I didn't see of the original cast okay. and crew of of either Next Generation or the original originals. And I and I never, I never watched Voyager or Deep Space Nine. And I never watched Enterprise. I like oh, to, okay. I like to revisit Voyager and or Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Enterprise, I've heard. You pretty much hit her, you know, do without that. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I kind of liked it. Yeah. So, uh,
0: and welcome so to Forgotten but, Flicks, where we go from the Eliminators yeah. to Star Trek talk. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, touch but there's it, a, there's touch a connection. AR is here. There is a connection. Especially yeah, 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 Denise Crosby.
0: So, yeah, so Denise Crosby is in this. She is sort of the uh, love interest. I'd argue the real hero of the movie because, as much as I love Andrew Prine and, and love the Fontana character, and obviously, had it been Tim Thomerson, who would have been my personal choice, yeah, I, but I, I would have loved it even that, more. But.
1: Harry Fontana is kind of a bumbling buffoon.
0: Yeah, he's a bit of a weenie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although he he's does bad, have awesome ass, lines, he, he does have great lines.
1: Yeah, yeah, he does. And he's kind I'll of bad That could take all day.
0: I count five. That'll take all day.
1: <laughs> that is great. I laughed out loud at that.
0: Yes, it was a great line. But of course, that brings us to the one, the only. By you, Betty. Hey, Fartana! Oh, Christ. I've had about <laughs> enough of you and your low-down undercutting. And so's everyone else here on this river.
1: Well, everyone on the river's wrong, Betty. I make an honest buck.
0: Then, how come is it I got me the best damn boat on this river and I still can't catch me no business?
1: I don't know. Why don't you look in the mirror? (laughs) That was a great line. How can you not like Eric Fontana? Uh,
0: And and I'd like to make another point. And, you know, checking out the actress who played Bayou Betty, Peggy Mannix, checking out her page. Why hasn't this woman been in more stuff? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, there's something about I just love that. I, I, it, it,
1: there's something about her. Yeah. I, I, can't pin, I can't pinpoint anything, but there's just something about her.
0: Well, see, what, what it, I loved is typically that character would have been played by a guy like Peter Schrum. The, yeah, the henchman guy. But I love that yep. they went with this woman who and obviously they're playing up the whole idea of her being butch and everything. I get that. But I, yeah. I just I don't know. There was something about her. I just I I liked the I mean, he was obviously meant to be comedic relief and it was meant to be goofy. But I don't know. I just I liked the whole dynamic of her, you know, trying to starting the whole bar fight to prove that she's the toughest guy. And then I really love that. It also sets up nicely Fontana's intelligence in my opinion because he's sneaking and weaseliness because he skulks <laughs> off hides behind the bar waits to it's all come to an end everybody else has gotten their hands dirty and he just stands up and boxer bops her over the head with a b- uh, bottle docks her yeah. out cold and then steps out so he can he can claim the quote-unquote prize
1: <laughs> yeah and did you notice before he went out he kind of roughed himself up a yes. little bit ruffled his hair tears and his own pocket was smart that was smart, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was smart. Yeah, i know <laughs> I bet was cool. I, I'm pretty sure she could uh, beat Peter Schramm's character.
0: Oh, yeah. I think she pretty Get much could bit beat up anybody had she not been having yeah. floating the the water with the p- <laughs> piranhas or whatever she <laughs> she called it. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, was, uh, there were some cool characters in this, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's what I like, is that there are oftentimes in B-movie, straight-to-video type stuff, which I, I'm sure this probably played maybe a very small theatrical run, but for the most part, it was straight-to-video. And yeah. as, mu- as much as movies were back in that period of the mid '80s, I think that there was at least some attention paid to trying to create this really wide range of eclectic characters that are goofy, uh, and it, it is just over the top, and it's silly, and it's fun, and,
1: and kind of kind of two dimensional, but still not.
0: Yeah, but I it's mean, a comic book. There's a
1: little more. Yeah, there's a little more to them than just... Just a hint. Yeah, uh, just, just but, enough.
0: Yeah. yeah for yeah. it to not be so trite and so cliche and so stereotypical. Because really, even even characters that could have been played extremely stereotypical, and, and I will say they were at first, because I, I mean, I utterly and completely had forgotten about the whole Neanderthal thing. And they had played up this too. idea of the quote-unquote locals and referring to them as Indians. And... Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these characters show up. And yeah, yeah. At first, I was like, are these the mutants from The Hills Have Eyes or something? What the hell am I seeing? Because <laughs> they did. They, uh, they almost look like mutants. And I was like, wow, yeah. this yeah. is kind of bad. <laughs> are you referring to those as the natives? Because, wow. Well, that's what I mean. I thought that that's what yeah. initially that's because yeah. they don't set up that, oh, they're Neanderthals until after They've been captured. Oh, these must be the Neanderthals, and they've come through the time travel portal. Like, which, by the way, is something yeah. we completely left out oh, earlier. Which is yeah, a whole time travel subplot.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because at the start of the movie, the mandroid comes back with a with a Roman centurion shield as proof. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And uh oh, damn it, a lot of Abbott Reeves, uh, the, the evil scientist, yes, Frankenstein yes. dude, has a fascination with the Roman Empire and. And wants to go back and be Caesar more or less.
0: Now here's the, so. this, this is the, this, if I have any beef at all for this movie, mm-hmm. it is this element, this plot element. I accept yeah. evil scientist guy. I accept yeah. that he's using a time travel machine to go back in time. So he could take over at some point and change history. That's a very yeah. tropey thing to have in sci-fi. I get it. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Where I'm confused. And I mean like completely confused, is when he apparently has decided he has to go back to the Roman era mm-hmm. to become, like you said, a Caesar. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why Why go back that far yes. to where you're not going to get to really exceed, like, what are you trying to change? It goes back to, we never knew what co- his, his pain was caused. But like, for instance, let's say he'd been, because this is the mid 80s, he had been a victim of the Holocaust as a child. Mm. And... Yeah. As a result, he wants. So he goes back to before World War Two, so that he can, you know, take over, you know, Germany or something, or he he wants to kill him. Like he has like almost some kind of almost noble seeming ca- you know, thing he wants to do, but he's just yeah. doing lots of horrible stuff to get there. That yeah, would have at least made sense.
1: Yeah. But he, he did go back to before World War II. He just missed with with a couple of centuries or yeah. decades.
0: Yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and then without no, giving... Uh, I, don't, I get what you mean. Yeah, like I don't get why. Okay, we uh, really didn't make a, why does he need to go back to that time period? Uh, he,
1: had a, he, had, he had a thing for Romans.
0: Ah, apparently, he, he, somebody made a... Uh, I think Fontana, does he say something about somebody who's got a real fetish?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 looking around his office or dungeon or evil lair or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Roman Every stuff, ever. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot of uh, Roman stuff. So, so yeah, a fetish. Yeah, well, why not?
0: Yeah, so so in the end, with we we, I, we don't have to say exactly what happens in the end, but it literally had to me the kind of ending you would have seen in an episode of I don't know, A Team, Night Rider, fill in the blank with the eighties action-y TV show where you have the main characters they've gone through this emotionally distressing event but it ends with them pretty major spoiler alert here if you couldn't figure out that they'll beat the bad guy but they've stopped the bad guy somehow and they all start to laugh and it pretty much freeze frames <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> it was How great so is that? it is it is absolutely it's great it's it. so an 80s <laughs> yeah i know
0: action show it, ending
1: it. It felt almost like an action, uh, like a TV show, yeah.
0: But even like the whole <laughs> way that they stop him in the end yeah, I know. is so I anticlimactic. Know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, what? What? Oh, But my favorite, my favorite, and I, and I am convinced that I, I will have to go back and see if what movies predate this one. But of course, how many movies, the joke now, the cliche, because that's why everybody hated it in Revenge of the Sith, where you have a villain going, doing a little something like this.
1: It's been done
0: a few times just put it that yeah, let's Uh, just put it that way raising the arms (laughs) in the air. Camera pulls away as they say. Because they've been tricked or outsmarted or whatever.
1: Yeah, well in Abbott reeve's defense i would i think i would have done the same
0: oh indeed I, Finding
1: I, myself where he finds himself without spoiling it
0: i agree with you i agree with you mm. so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the ending the whole ending especially like what yeah, happens yeah, with the mandroid, the and everything thing. you're like really yeah. yeah
1: like i i'd forgotten about that
0: yeah i did really i'd forgotten too that that's how, how how things wrap up For, yeah <laughs> so yes
1: like, what so, it's, uh, it's anticlimactic it it's is like, very it's the most and anti- from i'm surprised that's i like
0: this movie for as anticlimactic as the ending was
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it is it's like what Th- that's it no no nothing more just that but it was great
0: yes i agree so would you say for you was this this is the new rating system now for forgot books was this movie cd okay. or <clears throat> CCC. So was it cinematic nostalgia disorder for you or was it cinematic cotton candy?
1: Oh, it's cotton candy all the way.
0: Okay.
1: It, I, I, I love this movie. It's, there's so many flaws in it and I love every one of them. Yeah.
0: yeah, <laughs> It's great. I mean, it is, it is a fun movie. It is a cheesy yeah. fun, and it's, you know, it's a PG movie too, which yeah. is also interesting because that time period, you know, th- it would have been just as simple for them to go a little bit more heavy in the, the sex and nudity front or with violence, make it a little bit more graphic. But it, you get the sense that they were attempting to make a movie that was more kid friendly, yet in, in a lot of ways, it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it,
1: you can't show it to your kids, but a little bit caution. The, the, the I don't know. The, the Oh, wow. Are we going to go hoity-toity on the on- Stuff like that. Uh, it's dark in tones. Yes, it the is. The tone is dark. Yeah, yes. the, the tone is kind of dark.
0: Yeah, it's it's dark in tones. You know, like I said, there's side boobage, and there's a, you know, there, there's there's language that probably even at that time period, PG movies. I mean, they could even drop the F bomb yeah. at least once. Yeah. So,
1: <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, it, it's a uh, f- to use like cliche. It's a popcorn movie. Totally. The, you if you don't enjoy this one there's there's something wrong with you
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean you this is not a movie to be taken seriously it's not a movie to be uh talked about in in uh uh This this movie will
0: not be covered in film comment magazine.
1: No, film snobs will not go for this.
0: No, and I think, and look, and I think if you are somebody who prefers your entertainment, say highbrow, or you're Mm. even just more mainstream, like you're not that, if you're not big into sci-fi, be action kind of stuff, you're probably not going to enjoy this movie. That being said, Mm. there's no reason why for everybody else, this should be a really good time.
1: No, I know. And I mean, I, both you and I love all kinds of movies, mm-hmm. I, uh, from the, the 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 dark dramas to to this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, this is this is this is the fun type of movie.
0: Oh, indeed, yeah, it is. It is. I agree. So, Peter, I'm yeah. I am thinking, let's really <clears throat> dig into the old school bag, mm. and let's let's hear if you, my friend, have a movie pick. <laughs>
1: Oh, there's, I don't know. There's so much to, there's actually a lot to pick from.
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh, well, okay. So while you, while you're, while you're trying to muster <clears throat> up your, your courage to pick the one thing, let me just say for anybody who is new to forgotten flicks in the original incarnation of this show, we always ended the episodes with movie picks. And the idea was it had to be connected to the main movie in some former fashion so it could be based on actor somebody in the crew director writer e- even if we occasionally went and said okay it had to be you know in the same genre <laughs> but but we <clears throat> did typically try to make there be an, a more str- stronger uh connection than that but and early early on Jason and I did six picks which we each picked three different movies which was a little bit more involved and took up a heck of a lot more Time of the show, and we didn't have as much time to talk about the main movie, so we did. We dropped it way back down to one, and maybe who knows if we can get it out to where I'm doing a show a week. Maybe I have like a bonus episode every once in a while where I have Peter on and other people. We just do like several picks, and that's all it is—just a pick show. So, <laughs> a pick show, <laughs> a pick show,
1: a pick show. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna do one and a half. Okay, how does that
0: sound? That sounds good.
1: Yeah, the main part. Is Andrew Bryan? I love Andrew Bryan, and I'm going to go with one I've actually covered: 1976 Grizzly, mm. The giant bear, mm-hmm. which isn't really as giant as they let it let on on the movie poster. But anyway, that's another movie I actually enjoy immensely. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it?
0: No. Uh, I'm familiar. Like, again, that, I remember that. the video box. I very much yeah. remember the video box. Yep. But we'll I, have to remedy, we'll have to remedy that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I, and it, I, it's a fun movie.
0: And I, I wouldn't say that should be a spooky flicks fest, though. Like, that's a good nah, summer. Nah. That seems like a good summer yep. movie. Yep.
1: Not a spooky flicks fest. It's just a it's a outdoorsy, campy movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with one more. Mm-hmm. And this one goes out to Jason. Because I'm going to go with the mandroid. Okay, who mostly did small parts and he had an uncredited uh, role as a dancer in one of Jason's favorite movies, Xanadu. Mm. I had to put that in here somewhere. So, hey, Jason, that's for you, man.
0: Keeping the Xanadu dream alive.
1: Yeah. Uncredited part as a dancer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know why you wouldn't want to accept credit for that. That's, that's odd. That is <laughs> that is a couple of fantastic picks. And yes, I'm even saying that about Xanadu. Mm-hmm. I am choosing... your yeah. My pick is going to be connected mm-hmm. to the one, the only, Mr. John Carl, and I believe it's Beekler. I, I, I seem to recall hearing him, maybe it was in one of the Friday the 13th documentaries, or somebody somewhere referring to him as Beekler. It looks like Buechler... But yep, I think it's Beekler, isn't it? I think it's Beekler. I, it? I think I say how you pronounce yeah. it. But he is a makeup effects legend. And he did so many movies. I mean, I mentioned several of them earlier. But even like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. I mean, just, dude, the list is on and on. Ghoulies, Ghoulies 2. He also did, in 1987, <clears> a little <throat> movie that I am sure you're familiar with, Peter, called <clears throat> Prison. Ah, yep. And... Prison is interesting for several reasons. One, it's actually a really effective little horror flick. It is about a vengeful ghost spirit of a prisoner in this Shawshank Redemption-like prison that goes back and and almost in a slasher movie fashion goes on a killing spree, as I recall. It's been a very long time since I've seen that movie, but I remember really liking it. But what else is interesting about it is the fact that it is the... I know the debut of one person, and possibly may have been the debut of both of these individuals. Do you know who directed Prison? Uh, he's from your. I think was, originally he's from your neck of the woods. That's Randy Harlan. Yes, isn't it? it is. I believe yes. this is his feature film debut, and led to him getting. I want to say this: what led to him getting uh, was it Die Hard Two? Because he did this in you- eight, now. What did he do in between eighty-seven and ninety? I know, right? Wouldn't it? let me see? Hold on, let me let me click on Mr. Herman's
1: cliffhanger. Yeah, when was cliffhanger
0: 93? Okay, let's see. He did hold on, prison. Oh, I'm sorry, led him to do nightmare on Elf street four. I was like, nah, that didn't see where right. they jumped uh, yeah, in. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like brain farting. I'm like, okay, I think it was a horror movie he did after prison. And I watched the uh, that awesome, awesome documentary, Never Sleep Again. Have you seen that yet?
2: covers Uh, all the Nightmare on Elm Street films, like four hours long.
0: It's fantastic. They go heavy into everything. And that's right, because they talked about how prison led him to get the gig with New Line to do a Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which I think is a fantastic movie. So that which then led to Die Hard 2 and Adventures of Ford Fairlane and Cliffhanger, so on and so forth. So he directed Prison. That was sort of his big debut that led to him, you know, Hollywood debut anyway. Mm -hmm. But it also starred a really young vigo mortensen yep now it i know wasn't his first movie because uh, he was in witness prior to that and he'd done some tv
1: yeah he's done a uh, smaller parts before but i think this was one of the bigger ones yes this, I?
0: yes i think he, he was yeah. the if i remember he was one of the well, he was was he the main guy was he the main hero of the, the anti-hero of the movie uh wow you were one of he was in
1: here yeah
0: my original memory, though, of Viggo Mortensen—the thing I actually remember—then when like Lord of the Rings came out and everything—and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy." Was Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three? He played Tex. Yeah, I like My that. Wife, I like that you, movie. You do? I like. I I know, yeah. and I acknowledge it's one hundred percent C and know its I know yeah. it is. I know it yeah. is. But that is one of those movies. I had it recorded. I had Halloween four. Texas Chainsaw Three and Gleaming the Cube on the one tape, and I watched that tape over and over again.
1: That's an odd choice.
0: I don't. I, it, they were like all on HBO, like one right after the other or something. I just recorded all three of them or something like that. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. I didn't say I was really great at cataloging or <laughs> or putting <laughs> my like yeah. You know, so you know, you started okay. off with Halloween Four, you go into Little Chainsaw Massacre Three, and you finish up with Gleaming the Cube.
1: Uh- Going a little skateboard action there. Sure,
0: why not? So yes, Uh, but but yes, so that's why I picked prison from 1987. And on a personal trivia note, uh, my dad's best friend, who is a mystery writer and a teacher, he lives in Laramie, Wyoming, and he emails me one day to tell me that there's a prison, which pretty much is one of the few things in in Laramie from what I understand. There's a prison (laughs) in this town, this historical (laughs) prison. And it turns out this is the prison where they shot prison. Oh, wow. And he said there's even he's gone on a tour and they actually refer, they talk about the movie being shot there. And he said there's even still similar to, I guess, with Shawshank Redemption. There's still elements of when they shot the movie that are still there like broken glass and some from scenes and things. He said there's actually still areas where you can see fake blood that had stained the walls from the movie. I was like, that's awesome. I just want to go just to see that. Yeah. That's fantastic. So yeah, so prison 1987 connection is John Carl Beekler, who was also involved in the Eliminators. And that is my pick, and I'm sticking to it. Excellent choice. Thank you, my and friend.
1: You, and you know what? It is actually on my to-do list. It's on my preview list, so that's nice. why I haven't seen it. In, I actually uh, was wondering
0: that. if you had already previewed. I was getting ready for the uh, Joel. I already covered that one on the site.
1: No, 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 no. no. It's on my list. I haven't, so I haven't covered it yet, but uh, it's on my list. <coughs> so I will, I will get to it.
0: Good. Excellent. Excellent.
1: So uh, that's why I haven't seen it in a long, 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 long
0: time. No, uh,
1: I, re- I remember next to nothing about it.
0: Yeah, I really do. I remember very, I remember the, I have like this tonal image in my head. It's like one of those movies that I remember enough of the look, the feel, the <laughs> atmosphere of it. But I remember seeing set pieces very little. I remember yeah. an electric chair being involved, I think in some capacity, but that's about the extent. Yeah.
1: yeah, the, yeah. Peter. Okay. Yep. Yep.
0: Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. My guess is I probably will slip back into this format because I am a creature of habit. <laughs> this is a lot more comfortable for me and honestly the full disclosure is the license to drive episode pained me because I had three and a half hours of great stuff from everyone who was so wonderful to contribute to that episode and I got to use so very little of it or other and I, so I'm sure there'd be some people like, oh, just put it like a three and a half hour episode. Eh, yeah. yeah. I just, eh. I don't really want to. So yeah. that being said, I like this format because it's the conversation. I mean, what I love the most and what missed the most about not having Mr. Grooms is the conversation, right? So it's like, and as he I was doing it. this new format, it's like, I'm like, I, it works on some of, I like it and there's enough of a conversation, but I just, I, I don't know. I just want to stick to what works for me. And, and that's where I can put out more shows, which I would much rather do. And hopefully you want to listen to them. So, well, of course. Yeah. But
1: uh, I mean, we've been, we've been, Meaning to talk about this movie. I mean, we discussed it
0: back and forth. And now, oh, yeah. finally, 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 it is here. The day has arrived. Yeah. So, yes, and be sure all all the now that I have pre-recorded all the contact info and info about the show. And thanks. Special thanks. A gu- we had a guest celebrity stop into the studio, a.k.a. my walk in closet to thank the one and only JV for the amazing music that he bestowed upon the new show. And by the way, I, I'm going to figure out a prize That I can give to anybody because I didn't get it. He had to tell me. So, one of the the songs that he used, and I probably should even be specific as to which one. One of the one of the pieces of music that he created for the reboot of the show is actually inspired slash. I want to say based on because that almost sounds like you know he was sampling or ripping off or whatever. He, He wasn't, but he was definitely inspired by another sort of classic. Uh, musical element would be the best way to put it. And if anybody can tell me via email, what they hear in that piece, I think I got to come up with like a prize. There's gotta be something I could, okay. I can get So I, I, I have to, I have to think about that. Maybe the next episode I'll, I'll play the music and say, if you could tell me, you know, the first person to tell me what this is and, you know, you know, tell them what they won, which at this moment, I have no idea what that will be. So Peter, thank you for being here. I hope to have you on many, many more shows in the future. Anytime, I, I, Anytime. And I And I appreciate it. You know that. And before before I say this, I'm going to give you the quote-unquote final word, but I think the true final word has to go to someone else. But but do you have any final words about the Eliminators or anything before we, we put this one to bed?
1: Yeah, I actually do. First of all, thank you for having me on and talking about this movie because I had a blast. But my final word is karate chopping a mandroid is not a good thing.
0: And now the real final word, courtesy of you, Betty. What the hell? Thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And don't forget our awesome Facebook group. And if you want to leave feedback for the show, you can just email an MP3 recording to forgottenflicks at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and have you contribute to future episodes of Forgotten Flicks. So swing on by ForgottenFlicks.com, where we've got great retro reviews, articles, games, tons of past podcast episodes and interviews, and more. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. Hey, hey, give me that microphone, you. Oh, yeah. I have to just tell you one more thing. Special thanks to JV of Your Secret Identity. Check out Killer Rock Music at YourSecretIdentity.com. Oh, yeah. I know I'm screaming all this, but JV sent it all in caps, so I guess I have to scream it then, brother. Yeah.